What's going on, man? Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today I'm going over my week six top five must-buy players in fantasy football. I know a lot of you guys, you're three and two, two and three, getting a little antsy, you want to make trades, getting a lot of trade offers coming in, and these are the guys that I would be targeting in trade talks. And if you're new here, make sure you go down below and subscribe. And while you're down there, if you have any questions about waiver wire ads, start sick questions, trade questions, make sure you comment them on YouTube. I know I post these on Reddit, but I'm much more likely to check my YouTube comments first before my Reddit comments. So that's the best place. That's like the, the priority place to put your comments. Before I ramble on anymore, we got my top five buys to go into. First up on my buys list for week six, we have Antonio Gibson, and we've been giving him the Ash Cash dome treatment since the summer, man. I, I posted a video, Antonio Gibson, the home league hero, probably one of the best videos I've ever made, one of my favorite videos I've came out with, laying out the case for Antonio Gibson as a league winner in redraft leagues in 2020. And today, I think that he's a great buy low candidate after a low week against the Rams. They came out, we had Kyle Allen in there, then he gets hurt, Alex Smith hobbles his fucking ass onto the field. And they just get they just get steamrolled. I think it was 30 to 10 was the final score. And I think this getting blown out, Alex Smith, the fucking like charity case on the field. Look, I, I loved Alex Smith, but I think we were all holding our breath when we saw him out there. The the leg it's just it's so fucked up. It's a it's a fragile situation. It was good to see him play though. But I think that all of this like uncertainty around the quarterback position getting blown out by the Rams at home. It all creates this environment where Antonio Gibson becomes a buy low in fantasy league. He has a lot of talent coming out of Memphis, and his volume has been super encouraging. He's been on the field more. He's getting targeted more. He posted his highest snap share since week two with 65.9% snap share, so he was getting on the field more in a game where they're losing by a lot, which is really crucial because you want Antonio Gibson in there in negative game scripts. You want him on the field catching passes over J.D. McKissick, and then you also want him getting the targets. He, this is the second week in a row where he's had five targets now, and the targets are starting to pile up. And I think that this is going to be an offense moving forward that's going to be really friendly for Antonio Gibson because you have Riverboat Ron down there in fucking Carolina with Kyle Allen. And last year, they targeted Christian McCaffrey 142 times last year. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that Antonio Gibson's going to even touch 100 targets, but I think 60, I think 80 targets are in play. And I think that Kyle Allen being that, that system quarterback in Ron Rivera's system is going to check down to Antonio Gibson more often. It really just comes down to how much J.D. McKissage is going to be on the field. But with his snaps are climbing up, I think that this is a good sign for Antonio Gibson. And not only that, he's getting 16.5 touches per game. So he's rushing the ball a lot, and he's getting goal line looks. Washington, we know that they're a sorry-ass team, but in the, in the drive to their making it to the red zone, making it to the goal line, it's Antonio Gibson. He's had five goal line carries so far, which is fifth in the league. And that's just crazy because I just said Washington is one of the, the worst scoring offenses in the league, but he's still getting the goal line looks. He's getting 16.5 touches per game in the last two games. His snap share is going up. Kyle Allen's going to come in, give him more targets, and he just came off one of his worst games of the season. So that's the buy low opportunity. And now moving forward, he has a much more friendly schedule. He has the Cowboys and Giants who are both giving up 20.5 PPR points per game to opposing running backs. Those are two friendly matchups he's going to be in there for. I think he's going to do well in those matchups, and I think right now is the best opportunity to buy. Next up, we have Antonio Gibson's teammate, Terry McLaurin. And I know a lot of you guys are thinking, dude, what? why the fuck would I want 
Washington football team players on my team. They're kind of like the Jets, you know, one of those bad teams. But I think that there's value to mine in this offense because I think that with all these negative games, there's going to be targets going around. And the difference between them and the Jets is that they actually have talented players. Terry McLaurin and Tony Gibson are talented players. Rashad Perriman, Chris Herndon, the, any anybody over there, they're not they're not talented players. There's a, there's an extreme difference. And we know Terry McLaurin is sick. And him having a dud game along with Antonio Gibson last week creates a buy-low opportunity, as I said. He had two different quarterbacks. He played against Jalen Ramsey. He came out there, only had three catches for 26 yards. But on the bright side, he had seven targets, which was a 23% target share on the game, which is close to a season average of 26.9%. Early in the season, he was top 10, or even right now, he's top 10 in target share at 26.9% and top 10 in targets with 46. So in these other games, he's quarterback-proof. He's matchup-proof. I don't care who's throwing the ball. Now it's Kyle Allen. I think that's a slight upgrade from Haskins, but really nothing crazy. But you have to understand, he he produced with Dwayne Haskins. He's going to produce with Kyle Allen. He's going to get the same targets, and he's matchup-proof. The reason why McLaurin's a stud going forward is because he got the hard matchups going out of the way. I, I made a video in the preseason talking about my buy-low candidates going into the season, and Terry McLaurin was one of them because he had a brutal beginning of season schedule. And the crazy part is, is that he even overcame that. He dropped 20 bombs. He hung his fucking nuts on the Cardinals and the Ravens, two of the top seven teams in fantasy points per game right now to opposing receivers. So they're, they're allowing, literally, they're allowing no free baskets to opposing wide receivers. And Terry McLaurin went out there and torched them as a guy on the Washington football team getting thrown passes by the third string QB. He's super talented. He runs a 4-3-5. He's getting the targets, and he's number six in unrealized air yards, so he could be even doing more. But the problem is that his quarterbacks can't throw deep well. The way he makes up for these unrealized air yards, these air balls that are getting thrown by his quarterbacks, now, it's worth mentioning that those are going to connect eventually. He's going to get that, that number down, but the way he makes up for it and why it's less of a concern is because he's great after the catch. Right now, he has 205 yards after the catch, which is six in the league. So literally, all you have to do is just get this guy the fucking ball. He's going to take it. He's going to make plays. That's what Terry McLaurin is. He makes plays. And he's done it against the hardest defenses in the league to score against as a wide receiver. And these next four weeks are going to be super favorable for him. With a bye week sandwich in between, I think he has Dallas twice. He has the Giants coming up. And all of them are bottom 12 in points per game to fantasy wide receivers, which is, which is weird to say because it's hard to phrase that shit right. But they're the easiest... They're, they're cupcake matchups for posing wide receivers. With these cupcake matchups, he's going to go off. He's going to have great games. And right now, with that shitty game against the Rams, it creates a perfect buy opportunity for Terry McLaurin. Go out there, send some offers for him. He's going to be a stud. For me, he's a wide receiver one moving forward. I think you can get him at a wide receiver two price. And you have to remember, he was a wide receiver 11 through weeks one through four, and those were against tough defenses. So now he comes in, he has an easier stretch down the end of the season. And I think this is where you come in, you swoop in, and you get a wide receiver one at a wide receiver two price tag. Next up, we have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. my guys i know some of you guys some of you og subscribers have seen the fucking 100 subscriber special where i go over all of my my guys for 2020 and a lot of them are doing well right now but one of the one of the the dark spots on that is clyde edwards Lair. he was getting drafted at the 104 in ffpc leagues going into september it was like early september adp he was the rb4 and right now he sits at the rb20 in points per game if there's a guy out there with clyde edwards Lair, honestly if, if his first round pick was is the rb20 they're probably 
two and three, one and four. They probably have a shitty record. And I'm telling you, this right now after the shitty Raiders game is a time where you can swoop in and you can you can give them a little deal on the side, deal some players for them because they're going to be scared off by what just happened last week. They play the Las Vegas Raiders, who are giving up the top five most fantasy points to opposing running backs. And he went up there. And he dropped. He, he shitted on your fantasy team. It's a, it was a tough week for anybody who owns Ceh. And trust me, I have him on plenty of leagues right now, or I have him on plenty of teams right now. He came off his lowest snap share of the season, and he only put up nine point five points in point five PPR leagues. And the thing is, I'm not even stressed. I, I I'm not even worried. I'm not even stressed. I think that he's gonna bounce back just fine because of the opportunities and because of the offense we know that Kansas City is. He's getting the opportunities, and this is because he was drafted at the thirty second overall spot in the NFL draft. The Chiefs, Andy Reid, Patrick Holmes are not fucking around. This is a guy that they want. This is a guy they want in the system, and it's showing because he's getting the opportunities. Right now, he's fifth in weighted opportunities, which is a metric that factors in targets a little more than carries because targets are more valuable in fantasy football. He's He has 27 targets, which is fourth in the league, and 81 carries, which is seventh in the league. And he has the third most goal line carries with seven. So what this all means is he's getting the volume. He's getting the opportunity on the goal line. Really, the only problem is, is that he's not scoring touchdowns. Right now, he only has one touchdown. And with 513 scrimmage yards on the year, which is a over 100 per game, he only has one touchdown on those seven goal line carries and 500 yards. Now, obviously, in the Chiefs offense, a team that's going to fucking score a bunch, this is not what's going to happen the rest of the season. He's not just going to score one or two or three touchdowns. We've seen it with Kareem Hunt. We've seen it with other backs in this backfield. You're going to score touchdowns on the Chiefs. It's going to come. I'm telling you, this is going to revert back to the mean. He's going to score touchdowns, and it's, I think it's going to happen in a big way. These last two are going to be guys that are luxury buys. So if you're 3-2, and 4-1, and 5-0, and oh, these are going to be guys that you should be targeting because I think that you're not going to be able to start them right away, but I think that they're great trades to make for, for three weeks down the line, four weeks down the line. They're going to pay dividends if you trade for them right now. And the first player on this list is DeAndre Swift because I think this is going to be the lowest price you're ever going to get him at. He's coming off a bye week. He hasn't done much through four weeks, and we're still unsure of his workload. You can't just go out, trade for him, and play him in week six. And that plays to your advantage because that, that team, if they can't start him this week, they're much more likely to trade them. So I think you can really send out a feeler offer for DeAndre Swift. And I know you guys are probably like, DeAndre Swift hasn't done shit. Why, why would I go trade for him? Well, I'm optimistic for a few reasons. The first reason being, guy's a stud. He came out of college, out of Georgia, picked 35th overall to the Detroit Lions. They obviously like him if they're going to pick him that early. He ran a 4-4. I think he ran like a 4-4-9. He's coming out of Georgia. He has that pedigree. He's a prototypical back. He does well in the receiving game. And this bye week gives him another chance to recover from that hip injury he suffered in the offseason. DeAndre Swift, I was, I was fucking shouting DeAndre Swift's name from the streets for a while. But then he gets a hip injury in the offseason, and then they sign Adrian Peterson. And that's what's really set him back this year. But I think this bye week gives him a chance to recover and then even chip into that Adrian Peterson role a little bit more. I think we could see him start to get more carries as we go forward. And there's reasons to be optimistic because he's done great things with the opportunity he's been given. Right now, he's looked absolutely fucking electric. This is DeAndre Swift we saw in school. He's top 10 in fantasy points per opportunity and top 10 in yards per reception. He's doing great with the opportunity that he's given. And I think it's only a matter of time until Matt Patricia starts giving him more carries. I know that he runs a, back, a, a committee backfield, but we've seen him start give lead work to carry on Johnson in years past. I think that he's going to start leaning on DeAndre Swift more heavily. He's getting work in the receiving game, and it's really just a matter of getting carries between the tackles, and I think that's going to come with time. And these two matchups coming up are going to be extremely favorable for the Detroit Lions running back. They're both giving up 20-plus points to opposing running backs in Jacksonville and Atlanta, and I think that this is going to be, if there's ever a time for DeAndre Swift to come out and have a breakout game, it's one of these next two. And I think that if he can come out, if he could get 
80 plus all purpose yards. If he could get more than 10 touches, maybe a touchdown here or there. I think he's going to start working into flex territory. And I think right now is the time where you got to jump on it. The last player of the day is going to be Keenan Allen. And he's another luxury buy because he has a bye week in week six. So you're going to trade for him and you can't start him right away. So you should really be four and one, five and oh, or a team that's really stacked at wide receiver. And I think the reason why you can buy him low is because he hasn't really done much in the first four five weeks. And then he comes out week five, he scores a touchdown in the first quarter. And I think the, the funny thing is about his injury, I don't think that he got the back injury. He had he left the game early with back spasms. I don't think he got it on the catch. I think he got it because he fucking spiked the shit out of the football in the end zone. And that's when you see him start to hobble up with the back injury. But that that helps us. Now he's not coming back until until week seven. He should be healthy by then. And to me, I'm just going to trust Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert's the fucking truth, man. Right now, they're eighth best in offensive pass DVOA. And Justin Herbert is averaging 299 yards passing and 2.25 passing touchdowns per game as a rookie. As a rookie. He's doing Josh Allen things right now as a rookie. What Josh Allen is doing right now, he's doing that as a rookie. And as a Jets fan, it hurts, man. I have Sam Darnold for the last three fucking years. And he has not done what Justin Herbert has done in these first four games ever in his career. Justin Herbert, he's going to be a stud this year. He's going to be a stud going forward. So just give me his number one option. Keenan Allen, he's the wide receiver 22 right now. And the volume has been there. And I, th I don't think that's a really accurate showing of how he's done this season. He's top five in targets with 10.2 per game. And he's top five in target share with a 30.9% target share. And these are both numbers that he got after just going down in the first quarter of week five. He'd probably be first in both of those categories if he didn't get hurt uh, on Sunday night or no, on Monday night. So for me, with that volume and this offense with Justin Herbert, he's a top 12 wide receiver rest of the season. And I think you can get him at a wide receiver two price again, like Terry McLaurin. If you made it this far, man, I appreciate it. Make sure you go down below and subscribe. As I said before, if you have any questions about trades, waiver wire ads, start sits, make sure you just go down below in the YouTube comments and comment them down there. I'll respond probably within an hour. And if you can't get me on there, get me on Twitter at Ron Stewart underscore. I'm going to have more videos coming out forward. Look forward to the start sit video coming out on Saturday. And as always, I'll see you guys in the next one. Thirsty, thirsty, trying to choose. I mean, I know I'm critical. My nitty bag, my kitty boots. I got the juice, I got.